This book actually came into my hands because of my master thesis, The Treatment of Young Women at Work. As I was reading everything that came to my hands about the woman at work in this book, Sheryl Sandberg examines why women's progress in achieving leadership roles is stagnating. Besides her explanation of us are already aware, she offers a solution to those issues. Sandberg is the Chief Operating Officer at Facebook. She was Vice President of Global Online Sales at Operation at Google. She's also uh, worked uh, as consultant at McKinsey and Company and as a research assistant in, at the World Bank. Honestly, I couldn't let this book down. It was literally devouring for me. Let me share with you some of my favorite insights, conclusions, raised questions to think about and what I've learned from it. My favorite keynotes on ways to do things differently for both men and women to include those women who exclude themselves from the market and all that so we as a society will have more talents in our pools. Also, economy will be grateful to have half of the world population, that is women, to fulfill their own potential. The thing is, in my opinion, none of us is moving forward if half of us is left behind. Don't you think so? She starts here with giving us just one simple example. When she was pregnant, it was hard for her to search for a parking lot. And often it happens she had to park far away, so she would run out of breath running to a meeting. Well, she just raised that small issue and explained it would be good to have a special parking spot for pregnant women. Google founders immediately agreed, saying that they never actually thought about it. This is actually how changes are happening, just by one simple recommendation and explanation. And I know what you may think, oh, yeah, okay, this is just a simple, small issue that was raised, right? But how many of you actually know those people who are raising those small issues, but without complaining and uh, moaning about it, just like um, elevating certain issues that need to be solved? I was actually just thinking about that. I don't know many women like that. And this is actually how changes are happening, just by one simple recommendation and explanation. I remember when I was in my 20s, I used to have real, really severe period pain. And what happened actually is that I would get my period in the middle of the night. Pain would wake me up and I had to take pills, wait for pills to do their job until I fall asleep. For me, that day was already ruined. I wouldn't have enough of sleep and my legs, stomach and back would be in severe pain. Pain. So I asked my supervisor, would it be alright if it happens to me just to send her a message and not to come to work that day? And that's hap that was happening actually sometimes through all these years of working, like in the last 12 years. However, that was not happening every month. Like sometimes I would just get my period during the day and take the pills and I will just go through the day and it will be fine. Just sometimes in this situation when it happens in the middle of the night and it, when, it wakes me, when the pain wakes me up and when it 
takes like two hours or one hour like to fall asleep only in that time so of course by th by the time I asked her that she already knew my work ethic she was aware that I was one of the her best worker that I was always going extra miles so she said yes I think she kind of knew that I would I wouldn't be misusing that however sometime sometime after when I mentioned that to my colleagues because I'm like that I just love to share uh, with people my ideas like ways that are making our life better um, for each and every individual and for society at the end right so it was surprising for me that those women didn't encourage me at all they just judge me and blame me like who you think you are um, you are like a princess I just went silent and decided well I will not share uh, my ideas or anything with this woman anymore so now from this point in my 30s I will not stay silent I will definitely share with the other woman despite nagging because I believe that we should talk about it so the next generation will not make our mistakes and that every other generation will be better and better so as a as a as a race we we can improve right so so we want, in general, neglect the change in future. Um, sometimes I fall into trap that we already reach equality. Then I remember that there is still countries that deny women basic civil rights. Um, when it comes to worldwide, about 4.4 million women and girls are trapped in the sex trade like Afghanistan, Sudan, um, girls receive little or no education, wives are treated as a property of their husbands and women who are raped and routinely cast out of their home for disgracing their family. Um, some rape victims are even sent to jail for committing a moral crime. So we are for centuries uh, ahead of the unacceptable treatment of women in these countries. I had the opportunity to meet girls, women from these countries and um, they were my colleagues and then we end up being friends. I can tell you it's not really easy to to have a regular li life, to participate in a regular work environment with those kind of trau trauma behind you. So the blunt truth is that men still run the world. This means that when it comes to making the decision that affects mo like that uh, affects all of us, women's voices are not heard equally. Um, of the 195 independent countries in the world, only 17 countries are led by women. I don't know if you know that, I just picked that fact from the internet. It's interesting to know and, and it's good to remind ourselves that when we think, okay, yeah, we did the job, it's, it's already done. <laughs> no, it's not actually. And it's on us to improve, yeah, to make it better and better. So a truly equal world would be one where women run half of our countries and companies and uh, men run half of our homes, right? So I believe that this would be a better world. 
The law of economics and many studies of diversity tells us that if we tape the entire pool of humans' resources and talent, our collective performance will, would improve. This brings us to the obvious question, how? How are we going to take down the barriers that prevent more women from getting to the top? Women face real obstacles in the professional world, including blatant and subtle sexism, discrimination, and sex sexual harassment. To few workplaces uh, offer the flexibility and access to childcare and parental leave that are necessary for pursuing a career while raising children. Men have an easier time finding the mentors and sponsors who are kind of like invaluable for the career progression. Uh, plus, women have to prove themselves a uh, far greater extent than the men do. Yet, this is something to think about. Throughout her life, she was told over and over about inequalities in the workplace and how hard it would be to have a career and a family. However, rarely she heard anything about the ways she might hold herself back. So what happened? I'm quoting. My generation was raised in area of era of increasing equality, a trend we thought would continue. In retrospect, we were naive and idealistic. Integrating professional and personal aspiration proved far more challenging than we had imagined. During the same years that our careers demanded maximum time investment, our biology demanded that we have children. Our partners did not share the housework and child rearing, so we found ourselves with two full-time jobs. The workplace did not evolve to give us the flexibility we needed to fulfill our responsibilities at home. We anticipated none of this. We were caught by surprise. I really could relate to this. And many of my millennial girlfriends would agree with me. Many of these girls watched their mothers try to do it all and then decided that they had to give up something, right? So that something was usually their career. If you think about it, this trend is still continuing in 2022. There's no doubt that women have the skills to lead the workplace. In the United States, girls are increasingly outperforming boys in the classroom, earning about 57% of the undergraduate and 60% of the master's degree. And as I finalize my master's thesis on treatment of young women in the workplace, I can say that this data is similar in other parts of the world, especially in European countries, Canada, Australia, Middle East, Japan, China. This gender gap in academic achievements has even caused uh, some to worry about the end of men. I believe this uh, gender gap has been closed in the level of education, I mean in certain parts of the world, Europe and US. Now it's time to fight for those women to stay in the workplace. Statistically, today women are dropping their jobs, career, even though they are highly educated. Seems like invisible barriers that are making them stop stopping pursuing their career goals. This may explain why girls um, academically they, they, they gain, but they have not translated into significantly higher numbers of women to the top jobs. This pipeline that supplies the educated workforce is a chock full of women at the entry level, 
But by the time that same pipeline is filling leadership position is overwhelmingly stocked with the men. She was encouraged from her parents to marry young. The marriage was important as a career. So this is what she did. She got married when she was 25 and divorced quickly. Almost 10 years later, Cheryl learned that a good ones were not all taken. And then she wisely chose and happily married Dave Goldberg. This is one example how parenting style influences your future children decision. From the moment we are born, boys and girls are treated differently. Parents tend to talk to girl, girl babies more than the boy babies. Mothers overestimate the crawling abilities of their son and underestimate crawling abilities of their, their daughters. Reflecting the belief that girls need, girls need to be uh, helped more than a boy's, mothers often spend more time comforting and hugging infant girls and more time watching infant boys play by themselves. Other cultural messages are more blatant. Uh, Gimbroy said once, said once, proclaiming smart like a daddy for boys, pretty like a mommy for girls. These things did not happen in 1951. Just, just a reminder, they happened in 2011 and they are still happening today. As Ellen Bravo, director of the Family Values uh, Work Consortium, observed, most women are not thinking about having it all. They are worried about losing it all their job, their children, health, their family, financial stability. And all of this because of the regular conflict that arises between being a good employee and responsible parent. For many men, the fundamental assumption is that they can have both a successful professional life and a fulfilling personal life. For many women, the assumption is try to do both is difficult at the best and impossible at worst. The good news is that not only women can have both families and careers, they can try while doing so. In 2009, Sharon Mears and Joanna Strober published Getting to 5050, a comprehensive review of governmental, social, science, and original research that led them to conclude that children, parents, and marriages can all flourish when both parents have full careers. The data plainly revealed that sharing financial and childcare responsibilities lead to less guilty mom, more involves dad, and thriving children. Fear is at the root of so many of the barriers that face women, that women face. Fear of not being liked, fear of not making a wrong choice, fear of drawing negative attention, fear of overreacting, fear of being judged, fear of failure and the holy trinity fear of fear of being a bad mother, wife, or daughter. Without the fear, a woman can pursue professional success and personal fulfillment and freely choose one or the other or both. At Facebook, she said, we, we all work hard to create culture where people are encouraged to take risks. We have posters all around the office that reinforce, reinforce this attitude. And bright red letters, one declares, fortune favors the bold. Another insists, proceed and be bold. My favorite reads is, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Find the right career for you and go all the way to the top. As you walk off this stage today, you start your adult life. Start out by aiming high. Try and try hard. Like everyone here, I have great hopes for the members, members of this graduating class. I hope you find true meaning 
contentment and passion in your life. I hope you navigate the difficult time and come out with greater strength and resolve. I hope you find whatever balance you seek with your eyes wide open. And I hope that you, yes, you, have the ambition to lean into your career and run the world because the world needs you to change it. Women all around the world are counting on you. So please ask yourself, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And then go and do it. When I don't feel confident, one tactic I've learned is that sometimes it helps me is to fake it. Yes, to fake it. Some days the smile come naturally. Other days I was in a lousy mood and I had to fake it. Yet after an hour of forced smile, I often felt cheerful. I could relate so much with this one. I would not suggest that anyone move beyond being confident into arrogance or boastfulness. No one likes that in a man or a woman. But feeling confident or pretending that you are feeling confident is actually necessary to reach for for opportunity. It's a cliche, but opportunities are rarely offered. They are seized, right? I have had countless conversations where women responded to this uh, encouragement by saying, I'm just not sure I will, be, I will be good at it. Or, that sounds exciting, but I've never done anything like that. Or, I still have a lot of to learn in my current role. Or, um, to be honest, I rarely, if ever, heard this kind of comments from a man and taking initiative actually pays off. It's hard to visualize someone as a leader if she's always waiting to be told what to do. In the retrospect, at a certain point, it's your ability to learn quickly and contribute quickly that matters. Then she explained only one criterion matter when picking up a job, fast grow. When companies grow quickly, they are more things to do then there are people to do them right when companies grow more slowly or stop growing there are less to do and too many people to not be doing them right so politics and stagnation set it in and everyone flatters he told me if you are offered a seat in a rocket ship you don't ask what seat you just get in Another thing is that exodus of a highly educated woman is a major contributor uh, to the leadership gap. Personal choices are not always as personal as they appear. We are all influenced by social conventions, peer pressure and family expectation as well. And on the top of these forces, women who can afford to drop out of the workplace often receive not just permission, but encouragements to do so from all directions. This is actually scary and this is happening in my circle as well. So it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like sad to watch, to be honest. Now, let's continue with Cheryl. Imagine that a career is like a marathon a long, growing, and ultimately rewarding endeavor. Now imagine a marathon where both men and women arrive at the starting line equally fit and trained. The gun goes off. The men and women run side by side. The male marathoners are routinely cheered on. Looking strong, on your way, but the female runners hear a different message. You know you don't have to do this, or good start, but you probably won't want to finish or etc etc so external voices and offer their own internal voices repeatedly question their decision to keep running 
My gut and the signals I received from others cautioned me that arguing the issue would make me sound like a feminist or student feminist. But I still did not want that. I also worried that pointing out the disadvantages women face in the workplace might be misinterpreted as whining or asking for special treatment. I couldn't agree more with her. I often feel the same, but she's right. Like you have to speak up. You have to, um, you have to ignore this feeling that um, you would be misinterpreted for as a, as a whining or asking for special treatment, and ignore those comments. So she's she's continuing. I put my head down and I work hard. I often feel the same. Like I don't want to ask for special treatment as a, as I'm a woman. However, I do believe certain things must be pointed out and explained in the workplace. I feel urgent need to react as a feminist, yet quite often I don't want to be perceived as nagging one and seeking for a change all the time. At the end, change is inevitable. This is so powerful because one tiny little change in the right direction is improving life of whole humanity. Women, especially those at junior levels, worries that the rising gender issues makes them appear unprofessional or if they are blaming others. I had listened to women went frustration over being undervalued and demeaned on a daily basis at work and in my own opinion this is the key for successful career. However certain sacrifices only not planning in advance that certain role will be impossible to manage and stopping yourself to even try because when we make assumption that balancing work and life wouldn't be possible, mostly it won't. We have a long way to go before flex, flexi, flex time is accepted in the, more, in the most workplaces. It will only happen if we keep raising the issue. I often fell into the trap believing that our society already reached reach gender equality because I think of myself and women around me, then quite often I got the hit in my head when seeing other women at workplace, other companies, conferences, other countries, that we have a lot of work to do and I feel obliged, obliged to stand for other women and men as well because advocating for empowering women, we also advocate for men and their right for paternity leave and other benefits involved in parenting. So this is really important. Also advocating for women, we are moving step forward as a, as a humankind and helping million women and future leaders and little girls and little boys to fulfill their potential and become real partners to each other. Um, at the end, she's saying, leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that impacts last in your absence. This is, this is really nice. Empowering men to participate more in childcare and household activities because in that way we are advocating for men to have multiple roles which are beneficial for both and women. I was thinking a lot about this, how males often feel embarrassed to say at workplace that they have to take care of a child. This also has, has to change. As per my research, only in Nordic country this is well accepted, while the rest of the world is left behind. And in the end, my humble opinion is that her story is truly valuable, how she shared her experience in a way of giving tangible advices 
to overcome those issues actually amazes me. I hope you also enjoy listening those key insights from this book that I uh, kind of picked and I wish you a great day ahead. Yet this is something to think about. Throughout her life she was told over and over about inequalities in the workplace and how hard it would be to have a career and a family. However, rarely she heard anything about the 